series where I'm only going to bring you the good news of Jesus Christ. Did I have good news for you? You know, you might slot into some news agency and listen to their news, be it Fox, CNN, uh, SABC News, whatever you listen to. And I want to tell you that when you listen to those news agencies, you might expect something that might not be good news. But here today, you're going to hear the absolute good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is the only thing that truly matters, and let me put it this way, that can truly avail unto a successful life. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about, the good news of the new creation in Jesus Christ. Let us just quickly pray together. Father, I want to thank you that I can bring your good news, your gospel, the message of absolute life to your people today. Thank you that you speak to me, or to me and through me, Lord, uh, powerfully today. Amen and amen. I trust that you are doing well, that it's going well with you and your families and whatever you are doing. And for all of those that are going through difficult times, I want to encourage you and I want to tell you that there is strength and power in the name of Jesus Christ. And he encourages us. He gives us life, gives us hope, helps us. Uh, he's there with us and uh, encourages us. So there's hope for each one of us. Now today we're going to start by looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and um, we're going to look at what new creation truly is. When we think of new creation, we just traditionally think of our spirits. My spirit has been made new and I am a new creation and this new creation is then many times seen as the part that God sees and then the part we see is maybe not the new creation but we convince ourselves of something that is new that only God can see which is then our spirits or we can basically also um, substitute the message of new creation with the receiving of a new spirit instead of what the word literally says it says new creation now when we think of creation I think we should just look at the context of scripture and what creation mean when Paul talks about new creation, what would he have in mind? Now, I do believe that there was a rabbinical use of this word that I'm going to explain, but I think he would also have in mind the first creation, Adam, the man that was of the earth, earthy, and then we get the man that is from heaven, heavenly. So there is a new creation that Paul has in mind here and I think that Paul's understanding of new creation has got a bit more of a physicality to it as what is just uh, non-material or spiritual so what today's message is going to boil down to is that you are a new creation and that who you are who you truly are be it uh, and I want to use this word, spirit, soul, and body, the whole you. You are a new creation as what Jesus Christ is new. And what we're going to discuss today is that there are basically two rules whereby you can live in this world. And the one rule is uh, the law or the systems of this world. And then there is a new rule. And that is the rule that says that Jesus was raised from the dead and that he is a new creation. And since he is a new creation and that you've died, by, uh, died with him and you are raised with him, that you have the hope of eternal life. So you find the one uh, system whereby you can live or we can find a principle will be the right word. There's a principle of, well, I'm just a normal man and you need to do what you need to do. And there's a principle that there's other principles, principles that says there's a God in heaven and you need to try and please him and then he'll bless you one day and so forth. And then you find political principles that you could live by. And then you find the principle of God. 
that he gave to man. And this is the principle. If one man was raised from the dead and he was uh, he became a new creation and he was created from God wherein the substance of this world is used and he then now lives forever. He cannot sin. He cannot die. He is then appointed as ruler over physical earth um, and he is appointed to bring forth who and what he is in the earth. The principle is, is that if I am under his rule and I died with him and that I rose with him, the principle is that I am also then, therefore, a new creation. And the scripture says in Galatians, uh, clearly uh, in Galatians 6, that blessed are those who walk according to that principle. That's what we're going to look at today. Now, the word new in respect to substance when it comes to a new creation means a something that is new in kind of a new kind so when the bible says that we are a new creation in jesus and i will still read the scripture i mean i don't even have to read it i'm sure you all know uh second corinthians 5:17 off by heart uh, saying that we are a new creation. That new creation there means a new kind of a creation. Uh, something, according to the Greek here, that is unprecedented. So it, is, it, it just simply has never been. Now we know that the creation that we are, the new creation that we are, has been before and that is Jesus. Uh, but if we look at Jesus when he was raised from the dead as a new creation where God brought the breath of life to a man that was uh, formed from the dust of the earth and God gave birth to his physical body, not Mary or a human, but God, he brought forth a physical creation that is unprecedented, that is of a new kind. The creation that Jesus is when he was born from the dead has never existed before in, in physical form. He is the first. It means also that it's uncommon or unheard of. So when the scripture uh, uh, reads, and let me go to 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read from um, verse 13. It says, If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. Now, I don't have time to explain that. That will be just a little bit going off the point here, but there, I did explain that in other messages. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So we see the principle here of him dying and we dying with him, him being raised and we being raised with him. Now this kind of a thinking, according to Paul, um, is what others say is to be out of your mind. Are you crazy? Why would you think such things? Then he goes on in verse 16 and he says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the old things has Excuse me, let me read it again. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. If anyone is in Christ, the King James says, he is a new creation. If anybody is in Christ, the new creation has come. You're not going to be made new. The new creation has come and it's completely legitimate 
based on the law of life to judge yourself as already a new creation. Therefore, if anybody is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and brought us the ministration of reconciliation. And that was that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation okay now that is a mouthful but let me get to this whole thing of a new creation when we think of new creation we should not just think of spirit being made new Paul comes and he talks about new creation in the context of ethnicity. He's saying that he's a new creation and that we are a new creation and therefore he does not relate to people anymore according to the flesh. That does not mean that he's now relating to them according to their spirits. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, is that we related to Jesus as a Jew, but now since he is bodily raised and he is physically born from the Father and he doesn't owe his birth to his natural mother anymore, we cannot relate to Jesus as a Jew or a Gentile. He is a new creation. And what he then does is, he says that when he died, we died, he died our death, for he was, uh, he was not a sinner. He died our death, we died with him as man, and when he was raised, we are raised with him. And therefore, he says, those who are then in Christ, he cannot relate to those anymore based on physical ethnicity he cannot relate to them anymore as black or white or even a husband or wife or any of those things male female none of that he relates to them on the foundation of new creation he doesn't deny that there is such a thing as male or female. He doesn't deny that there is such a thing as Jew and Gentile. But what he does is, he says that this reality of the new supersedes the reality of the old. Uh, to Paul, it means that it's more real that we have been made new in Christ than what uh, uh, white is to a white man and black is to a black man in the sense of normal life. So he is walking according to another principle. The principle that he walks according to, he would call reality. The reality that Christ has been, that Christ was, that, that, he, that he lived, he died, he was physically buried, and that he was raised from the dead, and that the physical new, I, I wouldn't say recreation, that would be a wrong word because that would mean that who he was was recreated. No, who he was was used and something new was created from that substance. So the body of Jesus that died was then used and something brand new was then created from that body and that is the very same person but now as an eternal immortal human in whom the fullness of God dwells bodily. This is so true to Paul that he says God has made all things new and it impacted his life to the point that he does not see Jew or Gentile anymore. What he basically says is that humans physically has been reconciled unto God. Reconciliation, according to Paul here, um, I would say he does not uh, uh, see reconciliation the way we see reconciliation. Reconciliation in our, in our understanding many times is a husband and a wife is 
upset with each other and now they must go and reconcile or somebody sued somebody and now they're going to settle or something and now there's going to be a reconciliation of relationships we are not angry anymore and we don't look at the past past hurts and we just forget about it Th that is reconciliation now i do believe that the reconciliation that's talked about here is a little bit more than that it has got something to do with a unification between man and God should you want to look at a reconciled person wherein we can see a human that was reconciled unto God we can behold the re resurrected glorified Jesus that is a reconciled person that is Jesus that uh, came to the earth he died uh, he was buried, he was raised, and then reconciled to the fullness of God. When you uh, reconcile books as well, and you, 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 you do your accounting, you can come to a place where you look at what things are worth, what it amounts to. So I think that the reconciliation here, yes, it does talk about uh, not looking at persons and so forth, but it's deeper than that. It talks about God basically saying, I am not going to let man um, be the source of eternal life for himself. I'm going to bring it to the point where I bring the fullness of who I am unto man and let it dwell in them. So, this ministration of reconciliation is then the message that Paul carries it is the message that he says has been given unto us and that we should minister preach uh, acknowledge and live by so when we look at new creation we are saying that when God brought forth a new creation he brought forth a new kind of a human that is unprecedented that is uncommon, that is unheard of. It almost sounds like the scripture that says what we could not even fathom, what we could not even pray, what we couldn't even think about, God has prepared for those who love him. And this is Jesus. Who could have thought that we would be co-seated with God in heavenly places. The Jews didn't think of that because when Stephen said, I behold a man at the right hand of God, they, would, they tore their clothes, screamed out blasphemy, which carried the sentence of death, and they stoned Stephen. Okay, so I want to say to you that you are a new creation and that it is completely okay <laughs> to use that way of thinking as the principle on which you find your life. I want to quickly go to Galatians 6. Galatians chapter 6. This is a very, very powerful scripture and Paul just talks about this again. Uh, what I like about the new creation here is he doesn't say your spirit is new. He says there's no more Jew and Gentile. That's what he says. He takes it into the physical. He talks about a change. Uh, you know, l let me put it this way. When we think of um, DNA, and we think of a changing of DNA, and we think of a new kind of a being, and, uh, you know, we, we don't want doctors to get to a place where they change human DNA, where they change who and what we are. We are scared of that. That is the kind of a thing that we think about it is where our DNA is altered or changed by the resurrection power of God where it's infused with the love and the goodness and the, kind, the kindness of God to the point that we are then becoming physical new beings a kind of a being that never existed before a kind of a being that is unprecedented that was not even thought of before that is uncommon unheard of and then 
carries the attributes of God, which is love and peace and joy, where we carry it uh, from our very DNA, if you want to call it like that, where we carry it from the core of our being, where the scripture, like what the scripture says, make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Or we can use a cross-reference for that and go to many verses in Ezekiel where it says, a new heart will I put in you. I will put a new uh, seed in you. I will put a new tree in you. I'll make you a tree of righteousness, and therefore you will bear fruit of righteousness. That's what God will do, a new creation. I hope you can start it here as I am just um, refocusing and repeating myself here. That this new creation doesn't need our contribution in order for it to be new. It is something that we are accepting. It's something that we believe upon. as something that happens to us in Christ. It's not something that we aspire to, but something that happens to us as we believe upon Jesus and see what he has done. Now, this message of new creation is of such importance that Paul says that we cannot be successful in anything as pertaining to God uh, outside of it. I'm going to read Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. It says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, the cross means the fact that Jew and Gentile died. That's what he means. I never boast in anything except that there's not such a thing as Jew and Gentile anymore. Through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything or avails unto anything what counts is a new creation peace and mercy to all who follow this rule to the israel of god who's the israel of god those that follow this rule what rule that neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but the only thing that is meaningful is the new creation the new creation is that which the Creator does. He brings forth this new creation in us. Now, uh, the, the word new creation is also after a rabbinical use by which a man converted from idolatry to Judaism. Okay, so a new creation. You just press that there. A new creation is... When a man, back in the days of the Jews where they were still making uh, proselytes, which would mean just disciples, and these disciples that they would make would then be people that convert from uh, Judaism, uh, convert from um, believing in idols unto Judaism. And then they would basically say that he is a new creation now the concept of new creation there was already very powerful because in order to be a jew you had to be a jew you had to be part of the tribes of israel but now if you go to the gentiles and you judaize them you you basically taking somebody who is a non-jew and you making him a jew he's becoming a new creation he is recreated he is now becoming a Jew. Uh, he was worshipping idols, and as he was worshipping idols, he is now hearing of the, um, the God of Israel. They are then God-fearing Gentiles, and they then decide to have themselves baptized. They're becoming Jews. They have themselves baptized. The, they they. In their baptism, they say, we wash away everything that we've believed, and they acknowledge that there is only one true God, that these Gentile gods and these idols were just dead, there's only one true God. They then, the men are then circumcised, 
and they start to follow the customs of Moses. They are then becoming a new creation. It, they became a new creation in the flesh. That's why they also had a, the circumcision of the flesh. So it was to them more than just spiritually I'm becoming born again. No, to them it had much more to do with a new birth where they literally, or literally is not the right word, physically are partaking in becoming new in the flesh. They are now a new creation. If you're going to read it, it says it here um, in the... Um, I think I, I read it in, in, in Thayer definition. It says there in 1B1B, it's after a rabbinical use by which a man converted from idolatry. So, new creation to Paul was also in his mind of a rabbinical use wherein people will become a new people. They are not... Um, Asian anymore they are now Jewish it's a new creation and that's what Paul is using here this is the language he's using here this is what he draws on everything has been made new and he says all these things that are made new are of God who has reconciled or made you new unto God now let us go back and use this I it's the first time that I use this example and it's beautiful to me if a person was not a Jew let's say a person person was an Egyptian and he is not a Jew he was not of a Jewish religion he was worshiping the Egyptian gods and worshiping false gods and whatever and now he decides or yeah he decides I'm going to become a Jew he would then be reconciled unto being a Jew. He's reconciled unto Israel. How is he reconciled unto Israel? He's becoming an Israelite. So if we are reconciled unto God, we are then therefore becoming divine or godly. Because we are reconciled unto God. How are we reconciled unto God? As humans in the flesh. How? By the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, wherein is given unto us the spirit of life that is then poured out on our flesh, from where we then see sin in the flesh condemned, for we, even in our flesh, are reconciled unto God that is that is what it is very very powerful that's why I now understand even more why Paul says neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything it's not about not being a Jew it's not about rejecting the law of Moses it's not about uh, let's use a, a, a common thing that you will understand in, that has followed my ministry for many years it's not about tithing or not tithing it's not about that it's not about saying tithe is under the law and I'm not tithing neither is it about tithing and following the customs of Moses not, it's not about any of those things it is actually about a new creation wherein God brings forth generosity in a person's heart for instance in a much deeper and a much more profound way we find new creation explained by Paul here he says Galatians but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. So he says, by the cross, uh, there is no such a thing as a Gentile to me, and by the cross, there is no such a thing as a Jew unto the Gentiles. For in Christ, neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature or a new creation. And as many as walk according to this law, the peace of God upon them. Now, I want to look at the effect that this new creation 
has on us. And I'm going to read from the um, Resurrection Bible. The Resurrection Bible, for those of you that don't know, I've just paraphrased Galatians and Ephesians. I would like to do more of the letters of Paul, but I've paraphrased Galatians and Ephesians in a kind of a unique way. The, um, I didn't paraphrase it as what most people do, wherein they try to just put in normal words what was said. Uh, you know, like this passage here in Galatians uh, 6, where it would say, as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy. And then they would say, well, as many as walk according to this principle, or as many as have this in mind, those kind of things. No, what I did in the paraphrase was I've tried to explain what must Paul's thoughts behind the thoughts in his mind have been in order for him to say what he has said. So that makes it a bit unique. And I think it is a good, uh, good paraphrase to read to get background and context into what Paul must have been thinking when he was writing the letter. So it's not just about what he said. It's about what he was thinking. Okay, now I'm going to read Ephesians 4 and verse 24. And I'm first going to read it to you from um, the King James. It says, and put on the new man. We're talking about the new creation. He says here, put on the new man, which after God in, is created in righteousness and true holiness. We can immediately see just in the scripture that the new man is created after God, meaning it's a God-man. He looks like God, he walks like God, he acts like God, he talks like God, he is godly. He is created it's not something you knew, you do. It's something that God makes, and it's something that we put on. Now, we're going to read that now, um, verse 23 and 24. 23 here reads, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, 24, and put on the new man. This is how I paraphrased it. Let Jesus and what he has done, including all people, let Jesus and what he has done, which is to include all people in his great work, be the factory that produces the thoughts in your mind. So what he's basically saying here, when he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, what I'm saying is, and I think this is what, 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 what was in Paul's mind is, let Jesus and what he has done by including both Jew and Gentile and making them one new human being, recreating man and making them brand new into a God kind of a man. Let that be the factory that produces the thoughts in your life. Think from that logic. Let the, let the foundation from where you approach everything be Jesus and your union with Him. Get separation and the old way of thinking out of your mind. It is not relevant for it is not true. My goodness, that is good news. And everything I've said here might not be a direct translation from the original, but everything that is said here is true. You can find other scriptures to back it up. 24. How do we do this? Clothe yourself with the good fruit that only Christ brings forth in your life. This is how it's done. See yourself as a new man. A man that does not find life in self-preservation by works or by idol worship or Judaism. See yourself fully united with God in the man Jesus. For this is the only foundation from where you can see his life manifest in you. This is the only way unto a holy life. The new man comes complete, holy, righteous, with no need to add to the package. So, putting on the new man would basically be to see yourself in Christ 
And the moment you see yourself in Christ and believe upon this truth, we find that in Christ the new creation manifests and start to take place by the power of the resurrection, by the power of Christ, manifesting all of this good inside you. So the way we clothe ourselves is by saying, me, myself, and I, <laughs> I am part of what God did in Jesus. It was for me when he died, being uh, who I was died when he was buried I was buried with him when he was raised I'm raised with him that is the principle and if that is true for him it's true for me whosoever walks according to this rule whosoever walks according to this principle the scripture says has peace he's got harmony between him and God now when you look at normal life, you can identify with, I can identify with white, I can identify with South African, I can identify with um, apartheid system, I can identify with Africa, I can identify with, to a certain degree, uh, Germany, I can identify to a certain degree with the Dutch. When I look at ancestors and those kind of things, I can identify with my history in this world. I can identify with my physical body and what I experience in my body now. Or I can identify with the resurrected Jesus Christ and see that as the only real eternal truth about me all the other things can be truths but it is what you would call temporal it's a temporal truth it's temporally true that i am white it's temporally true because what color is god you don't know. He, he cannot be measured in color. I can temporarily identify with South Africa because I am, I've been born in South Africa. But where was God born? God was not born. <laughs> and God, who God is, is not defined in the country that he comes from, although some people would like to say that he's an Israelite. God is not an Israelite. He pre-exists Abraham. Um, you can identify with the vaccine. I'm vaccinated or not vaccinated. Man, who vaccinate God? No one. You cannot identify with being vaccinated or not vaccinated. Now, temporally, we can do those things, but it is not eternal identity. It also cannot produce the fruit that comes from what is eternally true. It cannot. If I identify as a white Afrikaans-speaking male, um, it does have some benefit in South Africa maybe now because people will say well at least you're not crazy you're not saying that you're a black man or you are Asian or whatever you know there are certain things just in normal life but I cannot use that as the eternal truth in my heart neither is it supposed to carry more weight in my heart because this is what happens in this world. Yes, my identity in Christ do carry weight, but it's like a hundred gram. Uh, and then who we are in this world politically carries all the weight. It carries tons and tons of weight. Where it's supposed to be the other way around. Because we are a new creation. We have been recreated in Jesus Christ. You might say, but Bertie, you're not you should not make this so final and so true. Let me read Revelation 21. I'm going to end off with this. Let 
Let me summarize. You are a new creation. Put on the new man. First of all, you're a new creation. Anything outside of new creation cannot avail unto anything that is eternal or lasting or godly. So it is, you've been made a new creation. Knowing that you're a new creation and living according to that rule is where we find blessedness. And then we find putting on the new man, clothing yourself with the fruit that is in Christ is done by seeing yourself as new and that new is not your spirit. It is a new creation as according to rabbinical use as well as what Paul used it as in a, as in a new creation as pertaining to an empty grave. Okay. Now, um, we are going to end off by looking at Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. And there was no more sea. Okay, now we can spiritualize this, but I also believe that there is something physical about this. It says, there was no more sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. So he's seeing a vision. He's basically seeing that there is a new heaven, a new earth. He's seeing the new creation. He is seeing that there's no more chaos. See, talks about chaos. We do still see chaos today. But he says there will be a place of no chaos. And I do believe that this can be seen in the now, but it can also be seen in the return of Jesus. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God, out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. In other words, God has come to live with us, reconciled us unto himself. He's come to live with us. It's not about our spirit. It's about God being with humans. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. We still even today have some tears, but he says, because we've got the groaning tears, groaning for the adoption. He says, he'll wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. So what is he saying here? He's saying exactly what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians 5.17. He says, all things that are made new are of God. God made all things new and he's given unto us the ministry of reconciliation, which is that God will give us eternal life, that we are reconciled unto eternal life, that we are recreated, that we are new creation in Christ. So as we are in Christ, as we believe in him, in Christ, Paul says there were some people that were in Christ before he was in Christ. And that means that this in Christ is not just about what Jesus has done, but also meaning we appropriate, we grab a hold of, we use this, we believe on this good news. Now listen to this, and this is, the, this is so powerful. He says, Behold, I make all things new. He says, Write these words for it's faithful and true. It is done. Now we know that he says that he shall give living water unto those that want living water. So we know that there is still a resurrection to take place. But he says here, it is done. For I am Alpha and Omega. So what he's saying is, the fact that we will be bodily raised from the dead is 
called done by Jesus because he will do it. It means it's not dependent on us or any other person. It is dependent on the faithfulness of Jesus. And since he is the beginning, he's the one that, that was first raised from the dead. And he's the one that will give us eternal life. It is called done for he shall do it. That is what it means. So we can today also say and live from, it is done. I am a new creation. But Bertie, you're not seeing new creation manifesting in your physical body. Well, since Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, and He will bring it forth, I call it done. It's done. And I live from the reality that I am new. And that would put you in the category where they've placed Paul and they've said, you are not in your right mind. You're not in your right mind. What mind are you? I am in the mind of Christ. According to the systems of this world, there's a right mind. But I am not in a wrong mind. I am just in another mind, which is the mind of God, the mind of Christ, which is the eternal mind, which has got eternal life, eternal attributes. I want to end off by giving you this example of just a testimony um, a, a few years ago, I struggled with my one shoulder. I got a, like a frozen shoulder and a nerve pinching. It's very, very painful. took a long time to go away, I think 18 months. And it was like kind of a miracle on how it took place and, and this healed. And then, I've, lo and behold, I felt that my other shoulder has started with this very same thing. And it is Man, it's really painful. It's just like, for those of you that have had that, you know, you'll know what I talk about. It is a nerve pain. It is, it's very, very painful. And then you get all the muscles that now contract around it, and it's, it's very painful. And because of this, I don't get a lot of sleep. So, uh, two nights ago, I was, and I'm testifying about new creation now, I was sleeping in the lounge because... It's just I need to be on a chair in a certain position, otherwise it just pains too much, and sometimes it just re releases, and then I can go to bed and sleep a, sleep a bit again. But this night it was like three, four in the morning, and I was sitting in this chair, like a camping chair, the most comfortable chair, and I was sitting there, and I was thinking of the scripture and what I want to preach about today, and I was thinking of new creation, and that I am a new creation, and I've got this pain sitting in a very awkward position there, painful. And I was thinking I'm a new creation. And as I was thinking of me being a new creation, and that old, thing, old things have passed away, that I am new, and I was thinking as what I've preached now, that my bodily, I've already been made new. And I wasn't meditating on this for healing or any of that. I was just thinking of the reality, the truth. As I was thinking of that, into my mind came this thought. I was thinking, oh my goodness, I'm sure there's somebody here in Kailicha in this one of the informal settlement areas here a uh, big area where a lot of poor people live and people that don't have houses and electricity and uh, some people don't even have proper toilets and those kind of things very very uh, uh, financially poor area i was thinking there's somebody that is there in a iron sheet house that's falling apart the wind blows through his house and I'm sure there are people there that also have like this pinched nerve in the shoulder feeling exactly what I'm feeling in that situation right now. And I just started to pray for that person. I said, Lord, if there's such a person, I want to pray for him. I've got compassion on him and I, I just want to thank you for your healing power and thank you for just who you are. And I just prayed for him just prayed for him, his family, whatever. Just prayer just rose up in my heart. And what I'm trying to say is, even if I was in pain, I and, and as I meditated on the new creation, the reality of the new creation, I found the attributes, the life of God, the life of Jesus, Jesus rising in me. Where I don't live, but Christ lives in me. And I, compassion. I, I'm in pain. I'm not thinking, poor me, myself, 
What about me? No, all of a sudden, out of, e even if I am desperate myself, I find grace to feel compassion for somebody else, to be in prayer for somebody else. Why? Because peace on those who live by this rule. Peace on those who live by this rule. And I'm saying it again, I'm sorry if I, I'm going a bit over time here, but this is such good news. Galatians 5. Not even those who are circumcised, excuse me, I've got the wrong one here, five. The scripture that I want to quote there, I've got the wrong page. The scripture I want to quote is that those, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, chapter six, can avail anything but a new creation. And blessed, full of peace, is everyone who lives by this rule. And I, as I lived by that rule, seeing myself in Christ, felt that sin in the flesh was, was condemned in me. Thinking just of myself was condemned in me, although I've had many, a lot of reason to think of myself. And I thought of another, and prayer and petitions came forth for someone else. Compassion rose up how by the power of the resurrection of jesus christ so i want to end off and say this to you you are a new creation it is done blessed is everyone who live according to this rule thank you so much that i could minister this message to you today you are the blessed of god you are the people of God. You have been reconciled to God. I preach unto you, and I've got the right from the Almighty God to say that you are a new creation. You are a new creation, not you have another spirit. You are a new creation. That's what you are. Everything has become new, and all this new is of God who says it is done. Live by this rule. Thank you so much that I could minister today and we will then speak again in this week. God bless.